You're listening to The Interview. In-depth retailer interviews with inspirational people. Hosted by Ben Bland. Brought to you by The Retail Exchange. In association with Visual Thinking. Inspiring retail performance. Colourful is the new black. That could well be the motto for Happy Socks. Just over a decade after its launch, the Swedish sock retailer has become an international phenomenon in the notoriously difficult-to-crack fashion market. Today, Happy Socks are sold in 90 countries and enjoy a level of brand recognition and loyalty that most other labels, well, can only aspire to. I'm joined by the company's head of retail, Alexander Milenkovic, to learn more about this unorthodox, fun-loving brand story, one that's full of colourful designs, celebrity collaborations and exceptional charm that they say is guaranteed to make you smile. Alex, welcome. Alex, let's just start with you sharing a quick overview of the Happy Socks brand for our listeners who may not be so familiar with the business. Um, I've been with the company for a couple of years and uh, I uh, basically handle all the brick and mortar activities that we do, which means pop-ups, concept stores and uh, shopping shops around the world. We currently today sell our products on 95 markets. We have a very strong web presence and and the company was founded on a wholesale idea and uh, we went uh, against the stream, I guess, in, in 2016, and we started uh, started opening uh, concept stores, which has been a huge success for us. And, and uh, yeah, that's what I do, more or less. And why did you decide to move in that direction of concept stores? So we, we've been exploring it uh, a little bit with a very aggressive uh, uh, pop-up strategy. We basically wanted to capitalize on the sales in Q4. Um, from Black Friday to the first couple of days of the sales in December or January, we knew that we we had 25% of our annual turnover come in that period of the year. So we wanted to place physical stores on the market uh, uh, at that peak time. But um, those stores, generally, you have to, to, to negotiate terms. It's really hard to find store locations that are premium for two or three months. So we started trying them for a longer period. And we saw after testing the testing the concept on a couple of markets, we were extremely profitable. I, I, I mean, I've been working with with retail my whole life, and and uh, I wasn't convinced myself in the beginning when someone pitched me the idea of a of a concept store with only socks in it. But after working with this, I've, I've never seen a formula for physical retail work this well. So it's really, really a, a, a privilege to, to be able to dare to do it like we did. We were thorough, we tested it out. Uh, but uh, right now we see endless possibilities with our concept stores. It's, it's, it's the fastest growing uh, sales channel we have in, in-house. And with those concept stores, what do you find works well? What what do what do customers shoppers engage with most? What are the good examples? So, um, for, the, for for those who don't know the brand that well, I mean, we do sell a sock, but um, we took an everyday necessity and turned it into a design piece. Or we many times say we're selling an emotion. So we we have the experience that people that come into our stores they. they First of all, I've never met a customer that's not happy in, in our stores. 
going back to that selling mm. an emotion thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. And it's, it's the same actually with partners talking with real estate owners or whatever it might be. Uh, it's really positively charged. And we see people, when they get the chance to step into a full universe of our product, um, it generates a lot of positivity. Uh, we have an extremely good conversion rate on those customers, and, 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 and they, they love it. And I don't think uh, a new retail experience has to be blinking screens and a, a, a digital experience in store. Here, here we, we have something that's more like a candy store experience for a kid. And um, that's what we see. Another thing is that when we meet the customer directly, we take control of the brand. Product is, is very, very important, but product is nothing without the brand. So they have to really be strong together. And that's what we see in the concept stores is that that is, that is the place where we can take it 100% in our own direction and, and, and uh, control it, own it, and, and give the customer uh, the chance to step into our universe. I can't help but wonder, when you take the example of socks, which is the core item of clothing that Happy Socks uh, retails, in a world where people can find any number of outlets supplying any style of socks at any range of prices, how do you make your product distinctive? How do you make it stand out? And, and you know, I'm, I'm asking about the principles, I suppose, that you apply within your company, but also how it applies more widely. From our perspective, this question is really, really valid and it's a good question. So what I said, what we did is that we took an everyday necessity and we created a, a, a design piece. We have copy brands on every market uh, trying to do what we do. And uh, in order to, to stay uh, uh, leader, leader in in the segment that you operate. It ha it's a massive, uh, massive uh, uh, challenge for the brand because what we've done is that we've con uh, created a DNA that is Happy Socks. We created a brilliant name. I would say that uh, even customers buying a colorful sock from a, from a competitor, we would many times call them Happy Socks. Is we created that segment. And then uh, going back to connecting brand to product. So if we don't keep doing uh, unexpected things, partner up with artists, musicians, um, whoever it might be, um, constantly. And we're, I mean, we're one of the brands out there that, uh, that's most, that is very, very active in, 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 with doing these things. And, if we don't keep doing that and pushing that boundary, our product will devaluate itself and it will become just a sock. And when it becomes just a sock, that's when when the scenario you painted would probably happen and we would get problems. Because right now we don't really see competition from other sock brands. I'd say we see competition from gifting brands um, because our, our product is very much bought as a, as a gift. And uh, uh, but there is really not we don't see it as competition. So um, it's all about the brand and it's the brand experience that we create. I'll give you an example, actually. So um, we do sell a sock, mostly like you said, but we try to experience a little bit with taking that brand DNA we have 
and apply it to another product group. So uh, this April we launched a swimwear collection um, together with David Hasselhoff, which is just the kind of person that you, you wouldn't really expect him to show up in a commercial <laughs> right yeah. now. So, And he's very known for his red swim I was going to say, if he's right? going to do a commercial, it's going to be swimwear, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> It is swimwear. So what we did is that we, we shot a video in LA with him where, where he takes off the red swim trunks and he puts on the dotted ones and colorful ones. And we created a whole collection around it. And we sold out. It is, it is really, um, it's really the brand DNA that creates the product in this sense. Of course, you have to have the hy- hygiene factors, like good quality, uh, a reasonable price. Um, but I'd say that's the easy part. We're in the business creating fans. What I do agree is that co- competition is much more fierce. Um, uh, social media and, and the, the, the speed of how you receive impressions and, and uh, uh, commercials from influencers or products. I mean, it's, 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 much, it's much faster and much more intense today, which just means that you have to work harder with it. It's a huge pressure to maintain it. But if you do, then you create really loyal fans. And I think that's what we've done. And we saw it when we tried to, tried to launch a swimwear <laughs> collection. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have credibility as a swimwear brand. I mean, we were a soccer brand. There's no, I mean, this, this, they don't really walk hand in hand. It's not mm. a natural, natural connection. So, so I think it's all about the brand in that case. A point that you referred to there about the next generation of shoppers and, and consumers, there is an increasing growing social and environmental awareness, and that becomes more and more important in the choices that, uh, that those younger consumers will be influenced by in terms of where they choose to shop and which brands they choose to buy from. Does that pose a very specific challenge to happy socks because there are some things that people will be very happy to uh, buy secondhand or recycle or or donate but no one or not many will want to buy secondhand socks underwear and swimwear will they no correct correct i i think uh, if you look at that from that perspective there's there's two things that really really help us naturally from um, uh, from where we are as a brand compared to the fashion industry as a whole. So the fashion industry, very simple example that I, probably everyone listening to this would know, uh, you buy into uh, a lot of down jackets and then there's no winter. So what do you do with your down jackets? Uh, you can dump them somewhere, you can try to sell them, but probably it'll be the same situation all over and you'll be too late because the season is over. Our product doesn't have seasonality. Um, I mean, uh, a sock with a, with a hot dog on it or a sock with a, with a panda bear on it, is that spring, summer or fall, winter? It, it doesn't really matter. We don't have to gamble with our stock in that sense, which means that we can work with the same stock. We don't have to overproduce. Uh, we don't have any stock issues, which is the single biggest killer, I think, for retail chains today. Um, that is a very, very uh, uh, beneficial thing that we have built into the brand. The second thing is, is, is pricing your product correctly, because 
we try to do uh, our, our socks are mainly made out of combed cotton, which is a which is a durable durable uh, way of, of treating the cotton. Of course, it's cotton, and cotton is problematic, uh, and I think the whole industry as a whole is working on that. But it's if you price your product in a way that shows the customer that this is this is a good quality sock. I mean. There are different kinds of sock, obviously. It will last a little bit longer than the ones you buy uh, value pack at uh, a Primark or, or H&M. Um, that also signals something. Um, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's the two things I think that we have uh, speaking in our benefit uh, from the from this perspective, then I mean we have the same issues that uh, that the whole industry has. Like going back to, to cotton, what it is, we are uh, in, uh, constantly working on turning all, most of the production into to sustainable, uh, uh, eco-friendly cotton. But it is it's 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 that's a work in progress, and I think for the industry as a whole, it's it's about. Uh, um, I don't think customers want that very very low price product anymore if you don't have to and and socks is something that i think most people were more or less the program to go just buy value packs and cheap stuff so i think we get we get value back from for actually creating a sock that is a little bit higher priced and uh, uh, has a better quality and longevity i mean yes. personal experience yeah. you buy a value pack of socks and not always, but often, they will wear out more quickly than ones that have been designed and reinforced uh, in the, the places where the holes are normally going to emerge. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perfect exa example, Ben. You know, that I, I started my retail journey working, working in a denim store when I was studying at uni. And the first thing that the store manager taught me was, when you put someone in the fitting rooms, go look at their sock because they're going to have holes in their socks and then you sell them socks. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> and I mean, I do work for this brand, but it say, is more, and, and, it's a and, more and durable from, sock. We don't have any, any quality issues in that sense. Yeah, and so, you know, from those very early beginnings, the seeds were sown for your career yes, in sock yes. retail. <laughs> so I, I never knew. I actually even never knew I'd stay, stay in that business. Uh, but, you know, see... Are you the, still in the, touch the with stars your stars aligned? Are you still in touch with your former boss? Does he know what you do now? I, yeah, you know what? Yes, and 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 uh, I have I have that woman to thank for so much because, to be honest with you, I never finished my uni studies. She she made me stay in the retail business, and uh, I I grew from there. She she told me she gave me a couple of very insightful points uh, which taught me something about myself apparently she could she could see that i was thriving very much in that environment and and uh, from that i mean uh, early 20s or 19 or 20 or whatever i was i i i just uh, continued on and, and it took me to uh, to the sock top of the sock mountain Indeed, and and that journey yes. that journey took you through some other big brands as well. I mean, you've worked for Inditex, Esprit, and, and IKEA. Yes, yeah. So uh, after after uh, that uh, experience I had in the in the denim store, I actually I made up my mind. I had a, I went I went through a crossroads, thinking about what 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 do I do? Do I do I give this a try? I I, I could in some sense feel that I had a talent for people. 
I, <laughs> my favorite thing was to stand in the, in, 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 in the cash point on the weekends to see the money come in and to talk with people. So <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there, was, there was a bit of a salesman in me as well. So I, uh, I uh, got recruited by Inditex when they decided they could step into to, uh, to the Scandinavian countries. And I had a, a privilege of, of being, being with them and helping them um, open up uh, 10 plus new stores in Sweden and Denmark and, and Norway so that that was really great and and it was uh, I mean at that time and uh, that was that was the blueprint of how you, you retail fashion um, it, it, it's they're they're the quick, quickest uh, fast fashion brand out there they were very trend uh, uh, sensitive and, and very good at what they did they grew extremely fast and uh, they were just uh, pushing into to 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 uh, to sweden and, and norway and denmark so it was a, it was a real a real privilege um, <laughs> to to be there with them doing that mm. alex i've read that the the key metric for success within your company is happiness of the teams yes. of the retailers of the people who buy and wear the socks how do you cultivate that within your teams day to day? Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very unique uh, company culture, and and uh, I I cultivate that not only with my team or, or or in the HQ. I try to I try to cultivate that wherever I go. Like uh, when I went to the conference, I always carry a big bag of gifts with me unfortunately for you you didn't meet me <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was wondering when, I, made, when the pair were going to arrive yeah <laughs> yes no 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 but uh, i made sure that everyone i met got a pair of happy socks from the the girls and the guys working in the registration booth and, and in the in the uh, cloak room to to uh, your colleague naga and whoever i met and did I mean, it is it is all about creating that emotion. We we have a, a a company set of values that are based on on happiness and having fun. Is is I mean, it's our key driver. We do things for our, our uh, distributors around the world. We take them on a trip once a year to an exotic location. We build that culture by having fun with them. We're doing the same thing, for instance, in my case. Then I'll. I'll do the same thing with real estate uh, agents, uh, the staff in-house. We don't have an HR manager. We have a head of happiness. So, I mean, it, is, it goes from top to bottom. We do it in every single thing we do, and we try to use those values that we have, which are spreading happiness to every corner of the world, uh, have fun, but also um, with a, a culture of, of, of getting things done. Uh, we are very much about being entrepreneurial and everything has to make business sense, but at the same time we have fun. Uh, that's, that's the key to getting a, 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 an organization that produces a lot with a, with a smile on your face. I've never slept this little ever in my life. <laughs> I'm still smiling. <laughs> Working here. I'm still smiling, you know, because wherever I travel, I travel a lot. I meet our partners, I meet our staff, our local uh, local offices. Uh, we work, and then we have a dinner. We go, we see a sports event, or we just have fun, you know. We just we just hang out, and, and we create that vibe with everyone that comes in, in touch with the with the brand. 
it sounds like you spend a lot of time thinking about how to make your your customers happy, how you make your colleagues yeah. happy, how you make your team happy. <laughs> what makes you happy, Alex? How do you relax and what puts a smile on your face? Since I am working a lot, um, I make sure that uh, whenever I have time, I spend time with my two beautiful daughters, uh, Lou and Lily, three and five years old. We have fun. They're here very, very often with me in the office. Uh, which is another beautiful thing with this place, very informal. You can have kids, or you can have your dogs, or whatever it is, and, and we just hang out and have fun. Other than that, I'm a big football fan. I try to relax uh, evenings watching my favorite Swedish team. I'm very, I'm not from Stockholm, where I'm based. Uh, I'm very patriotic about where, where I come from, a, a southern town called Malmo in Sweden. So um, I know it. I, I was there just a few weeks ago. It's beautiful. You were? I was, yes, yeah. Yes, and they told yeah. me, they told me when I went, you must go and do fika. And I'd never heard of this yes. concept before. But it's such a, I mean, it's such a lovely concept. And they, they tell me that that businesses uh, take it very seriously, allowing this this idea that you need to allow time to sit and talk to your colleagues away from the desk, not have the sandwich at the desk, but sit and have coffee and a delicious pastry. Oh, and believe me, I did. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's great to hear, you know what, but it, it is a big cultural thing with Fika. It's something I really realized the first when I was working globally with IKEA, how big it really was, because they more or less culture trained people to, 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 be, uh, to, to do this. We, we have to take a break. We have to eat that cinnamon bun and drink a cup of coffee. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, uh, not 100% sure of this. I think Swedes are the biggest consumers of coffee in the world. And it's connected to the to the fika, fika culture. So, so I'm really happy to that, hear that you, that explains, you got the Swedish treatment. That explains why you're not sleeping very much. It's all that coffee, clearly, as a no. Swede. <laughs> yes, and, and sugar, unfortunately. Of course, of course. You know. um, yeah. And I, I just, I, I, you mentioned your daughters there. Have they designed any socks for you yet? No, uh, they have not. But uh, they might. Uh, we're dropping a new. Uh, uh, product category uh, <laughs> next year, spring, and if you look out, you might see one of them on a lifestyle image somewhere showing that off. So, uh, so you have to just keep keep your eyes out, and you'll you'll see them maybe. Oh, your Instagram flow because Ben I take it you follow us on Instagram right uh, well I certainly will do yes from now yeah <laughs> I uh, actually I yeah I um I'm you know I'm very familiar with your brand and it's very prominent in you know a lot of the the, the department stores the big retail outlets in uh, in central London um and actually just on that point um yeah. how important is that nowadays to a brand like yours does it matter as much as it used to getting into the big you know the Selfridges the John Lewis the all those big yes. high street stores or, or is that now becoming less important? I'm, I'm so happy you asked this because this is this is where so many brands take the, the wrong turn. So as I said in the beginning, this brand was based on, on a wholesale model and distribution model in the beginning. We added on e-com, which became, uh, I think it's around 37% of our, our, our total revenue. And now we're starting to open concept stores. But if you if you look at the numbers, and uh, of course, the, I mean the proof proof is there. A lot of department stores are struggling around the world, but it's still there where where the volume of uh, of our sales lie. And the worst thing we can do, and you can you can see it sometimes in discussions internally, 
everyone wants to talk about again go back blinking screens and tech and and uh, but John Lewis and Selfridges they are the, those are the most important people we have except I mean except our own employees and and we really need to take care of them because they are still the 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 fundament of our business. I'll tell you a funny thing going back to to, mm. uh, to David Hasselhoff. So we approached David to do this thing and he, he wasn't really keen at the beginning. So David goes to uh, to London during Christmas and he goes into Selfridges and we have a huge Christmas tree in the entrance of Selfridges, a four meter high Christmas tree dressed in colorful socks. <laughs> and that's that's what he said in our reply. I love this brand who would do something. This is so much fun. And that's where he made up his mind, according to him at least. And I think he mentions this in a couple of interviews as well. And this is, a, I mean, it's, you, Selfridges and John Lewis in, 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 in central London, they're so important and there's so much visibility. It's a lot of volume. Um, you have to create very good terms for your partners in order for them to stay strong on the market and take care of them because uh, th th there's no other channel just going to replace that, even if there is a small shift between the sales channels. I mean, so it, it's, it's, it's still the most important thing we do, I'd say, from a, from a revenue and, and, and earnings perspective. And when you look ahead... What excites you about the opportunities for retail as we, as we, as we speak here and now? Yeah, so um, we've, we've more or less just started uh, uh, this uh, um, concept store rollout of the brand. We've had amazing results last year. Our owners and, and, and our board, are, they're very keen to, 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 to push this development. So I, I want to... Uh, I want to really put us on the map uh, in a couple of key markets for us. I'm working very hard on, on adding uh, a big number of stores in the U.S. We have a couple in New York and Los Angeles. We want to go further, maybe look at Chicago, San Francisco, and a couple of more cities. And then uh, the next step would also be Germany, which is very, very hugely important for us. So... I really want to build this network of stores into into something um, fun and powerful, and uh, yeah, to, I mean to put this brand on on the map, really. And Alex, just before you uh, before you go, I gather you speak five languages. Is it in total? Well, it depends on. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is a It's a sensitive question, then. but. Uh, my, my, uh, and I don't want to get too political here, but I do speak Swedish and, and English, which uh, uh, I hope is uh, sufficient enough for the listeners here to, to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I have a mother from Croatia and a father from Serbia. And uh, when, when they met and I grew up, uh, the country we came from was Yugoslavia. And it is... Uh, it's uh, to not upset anyone. I would say it's two very similar languages. Okay, they also speak uh, Danish as well. How did that yeah, come into so the mix? Yeah, so so Malmo is is a twenty minutes train ride from 
from uh, from Denmark. Mm. And uh, uh, working with Inditex, they had their 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 office in Copenhagen. I spent a couple of years there, and also when I was within a with with Esprit, I spent a couple of years there. And uh, uh, Danish is very similar as well to to Swedish, but it, it is it, it is an extremely hard language to to pronounce, though. So mm. it takes some training. Um, in my head, I have a perfect. Copenhagen accent, uh, <laughs> but I have been asked at times to speak English with them as well. So, so uh, I haven't practiced it in a long time. So, just as a, I'm going to put you on the spot, just as a yeah. final, final challenge, I want you to uh, yeah. to 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 say Happy Socks, the name of your brand, in each of your each of your languages. So English, obviously, you know, I can help you with that yeah. one. Happy yeah, Socks yeah, yeah, yeah. in Croatian. In Croatian. Uh, uh, Super charape, okay, and it would be the same thing in uh, in, in in Serbian. Yeah, in Swedish and glada uh, stumpo, and Danish. Yeah, Congratulations, you win the prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the prize is happiness. Someone here, <laughs> satisfaction. <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Alex, that's right. really nice. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, thank you so Really much. good to have you on the Retail Exchange podcast. Really good to talk to you. Thank you. My pleasure, Ben. Take care. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter. Hashtag Retail Exchange. This episode is brought to you by retail transformation agency, Visual Thinking. Thanks for listening.